Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Thank you, and thanks again for being here. Thank you, Ben, for stepping in. Uh, I have tried to give John several weeks off as he is home with his wife, and uh, I had somebody that was scheduled to come in and lead this morning, and apparently the phone number that I got was the wrong phone number, so I was trying to touch base with him, and it didn't happen, and so this week I reached out to him and said, hey, how are things going? Are you still planning? And he said, I didn't think you needed me, so uh, he had some other things going on, so I reached out and uh, so Ben stepped up, and I appreciate that, and I uh, love the different hearts of the people in our church, of willingness to just do things that need to be done. I love to lead worship, I love to sing, but uh, sometimes it's nice to not have to sing and lead worship and do the welcome and do the praying and do the preaching, and so uh, thank you, Ben, for stepping in. Jonathan Swift said it this way, the author of Gulliver Travels, he said this, We have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. He said this, We have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. This morning, as we continue in on the thought that we have been in with you, are the church, looking at our spiritual gifts and the other things, uh, the reality is this, no matter how exciting and how wonderful Uh, the spiritual gifts are that we have, they can be almost useless and even destructive if they are ministered without love. And this morning, we're going to look at that in the introduction. If you've been here for the last several weeks, we've been looking at our spiritual gifts and we're going to wrap that up this morning with our the three final gifts. But we've looked at each each week, we've looked a little bit different. The first week we looked at humility, and we have to have humility in use of our spiritual gifts and understanding those gifts. And then last week we looked at uh, meekness and gentleness and kindness and patience and all of those uh, that we looked at there. And this morning we're going to look at love. In 1 John 4, 16 it says this, and it may be the simplest description of God. In 1 John 4 and verse 16 it says, God is love. It also may be the greatest and most blessed manifestation of His character. The rest of that verse says this, He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in Him. His greatest manifestation is love. The love that He showed in sending His Son. His Son in giving of His life in love for you and for me. John 15, 13, a verse that we all know, many of us know, is greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus expressed or manifested, he showed forth his love and that he died for us. The greatest, simplest, and yet most profound description for you and I as a believer would be just the same, is love. That we would love. See, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning in the introduction, and, and we're going to look at that word, that, that phrase, or that thought of love. And Paul was writing, and Paul was teaching, and love was miss, missing in a major way in the church at Corinth. Paul was challenging, Paul was admonishing, Paul was worried about those that were doing the things that they were doing inside of the body of Christ, not because the doctrine was wrong, not because the gifts weren't being played out, not because of any of those things, but love was missing in all of it. See, the reality is this morning as a church, and this isn't, I'm not preaching this because our church does not love, I'm not preaching it in that manner, but we're speaking through God's Word, we're looking at the spiritual gifts, and we cannot functionally serve in the manner that God has called us to and using our spiritual gifts if we do so outside of the realm of love. And so Paul was writing and Paul was was telling them, listen, it doesn't matter the gift that you have. See, in those days they desired to have the, the cool gifts. Do you ever know the cool kid in school? He had to have the the coolest of everything. 
Well, in the church, we often want to be seen. We often want to be known. We often want to have all these things. And it becomes about a title. It becomes about what we do. It becomes about how well we look, right? You know, I would say this. One of the greatest problems inside of the church, not Oasis, uh, not just Oasis, but the church as a whole, is that we look really good, but it's not real. We all look really good because I want to make sure that you know that I'm a great Christian. And so we have all of this covering of how great that we look and we say the right things and we act the right ways and we do all of these things because that's, well, that's just what we're supposed to do and we look really great doing it. Paul is telling the church, listen, it's not about the, the gift that you have. It's not about the, the necessarily the doctrine that is being taught. It's not about all those things, but we do it in love. We do it in love. And this morning, I'm going to do my best to get through an introduction without preaching a long sermon just on love, but I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning just in the, in the introduction and then we're going to go through three of the spiritual gifts as we have for the last couple weeks. But 1 Corinthians 13, if you have your Bible with you, if not, it'll be on the screen this morning. But it says in verse number one, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as of sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to, the, to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Speaketh or seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Father God, I pray that as we look at the spiritual gifts this morning, I pray as we look at Uh, just kind of wrapping up this series that the heart behind everything that we do is not about making sure that we look right, but that we have the relationship with you and we are loving you and in loving you, we are loving others. God be with us now in Jesus name. Amen. Our spiritual gifts are incredibly important to the body of Christ. However, if we don't utilize them in love, they are worthless. We look at all of those things that said uh, there at the beginning, if we have not charity become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Uh, it says if we do all of these things, it says there is, it is worth nothing. It profiteth nothing. And it we goes through these, all of those things without love. And so many times we serve the Lord. But if we were to just be honest with ourselves, I can only... Uh, I can only speak for myself, but I know there's many times in my Christian life that I have served God, I have, I have looked the part, I have played the part, I have done everything that I'm supposed to do according to the, the eyes of man, but the heart was not right. It wasn't love. I didn't serve in the capacity that, that God had given me the, the ability to serve in out of a loving heart. I've shared this before, and uh, there's one thing to have talents, and there's another thing to have spiritual gifts. Those are completely different things. However, there's areas that God has used me in most of my life. One of them has always been music. When I went to college, and there was a portion of time throughout college, I had to step away from music altogether because it became about pride, not about worshiping God. There's times that we need to do some of that. 
where I'm no longer doing it out of honoring and ministering to God, but I am doing it because I look really good and everybody sees this pretty picture, but the heart behind it isn't what it was supposed to be. And sometimes we have to reevaluate. Revelation chapter 2, it's a familiar passage of Scripture, but it says this, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Listen to that. I know the works... The works are good. The labor is good. You have patience. You can't stand evil. You are trying those that are falsely accusing and they're teaching false. You're, you're, you're bringing your face, hitting it head on. You're, you're challenging them because it's not right. You're finding them to be liars. And you, he goes through all of these things, but he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because what? Thou hast left thy first love. We must be reminded that it isn't about the work that is being done, but that we keep the thing, the first things first. That is a relationship with Him. That is loving Him first. Why do you sing? Why do you serve? Why do you greet somebody? Why are you reading your Bible and praying and all of those things? Why do we do these things? It's not because I want to check something off of a list. It's not. No, it's out of a relationship with Him in a love relationship. And out of that love relationship, guess what happens? All of the other things. Why? Because the abundance of God that pours into you is now coming out of you and it has to go somewhere. And out of love, I serve. Out of love, I greet. Out of love, we do these things. And the ministry, the gifts that God has given to us, it's all out of the abundance of a relationship, of a love relationship with Him. And as we wrap up these last three gifts this morning, I want to look at this passage of Scripture briefly. This chapter I could probably speak a few, couple weeks on easy. Um, I'm going to do it in the next like three to five minutes. Do you think this is possible? No, good. I love to have to prove people wrong. And I don't do well when it comes to these things. But no, in all seriousness, as we look at this over the next couple minutes, getting into these spiritual gifts, God desires, He's given all of us that know Him a gift, multiple gifts, whatever it would be, that we would use them. They are gifts that are to be encouraging and to be, edif ed to be an edification of one another inside of the body. It is that we would lift each other up, that we would use the gifts that God has given to us, not for our own selves, but for Him. And so when we look at this passage of Scripture, I wanna, I'm going to correlate all of these things back together because that's really what this is. Paul was writing in chapter 12, he speaks of the gifts. In chapter 13, he speaks of doing and using those gifts in love, and then he continues on a little bit further. But as we look at this, I'm going to bring these together in three simple thoughts. One is this, love enriches. Paul mentions inside of this, this chapter in verse thir or chapter 13 that he mentions five different gifts. He mentions that there was prophecy and knowledge and faith and tongues and, and even it goes into martyrdom. But without love, it is nothing. It is love that truly enriches the gifts that God has given to us to serve him. How can we do the work of the Lord without love? I love this statement. It truly cheapens the minister and those ministered to. When I serve God and utilizing my gift outside of the knowledge, outside of love, it cheapens me as a minister and it cheapens what's coming to you as, a, as an individual. And that's not me because a pastor, but as you guys serve each other, as we serve people, when we do it outside of love, it cheapens all of it. Love enriches each one of us that it comes in contact with. Love enriches. To enrich is to improve or to enhance. When we serve using the gifts that God has given to us in love, we truly enrich or we truly enhance one another as we come in contact with us. Would you agree? Have you ever genuinely felt the love of somebody else being poured out upon you and you stopped and you were like, yeah, that was, that was pretty dumb. No, we are enhanced. 
We are encouraged. We are enriched when somebody genuinely shows us love. Because why? Because in and of ourselves, in our nature, we, want, we don't want that. I, I feel awkward when somebody tries to pour something out on me, to love on me, to give to me, to, to share something. Does anybody else? I feel awkward. I don't do well at taking things. I'll get it myself. I'll do it myself. I want to do to others. And when it's done to you, you feel awkward. But at the same time, you're like, you feel extremely blessed and you feel good, encouraged, enriched. Love enriches. And when those are done to us, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 says, we are taught by God to love one another. Ephesians 4, 15, we are to speak the truth in love. Jesus commanded that we would love one another. Love enriches. Love edifies. Love edifies. 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puffeth up, but charity or love, what? Edifieth. Chapter 14 in 1 Corinthians verses, verse 3 says, We are given the spirit to prof, or the spirit to profit to what? Edify all. If you were to continue to go through that chapter in verse or chapter 14 in, in 1 Corinthians over and over, I believe it's five or six times it speaks of charity, and then it speaks of edifying the body of Christ. Love is to edify. Love edifies one another. If love enriches, love edifies. Love lifts up. The, the Corinth church had made a party of the Lord's table. They were unlovely. They were suing one another. They were all about themselves. They were doing the opposite of what God's word had called them to do. Everything in the church of Corinth had become about them. If you were to go back and look in chapter 11 when they, they were giving of the, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, so much was, it became a big party. It was about the party, the gathering. It wasn't about honoring God. It's so easy in our churches that we begin to get about us. And we lose the reality that we are to love and love is edifying. Love lifts up. Love should bring us to a place of edification a place of brokenness of sin a place of a heart of restoration love should edify edify and release the power of the spirit into our lives and into the church the last thought this morning in the introduction <laughs> you like that it's like two sermons in one the last thought is that love endures paul was teaching that some of these gifts would be gone some of the things that he was saying these would not be forever but they would be gone, but love never ends. If we were to go back to the very beginning of this, of this whole entire uh, this sermon this morning, what did I say? 1 John 4, 16 said what? God is what? God is love. So if God is love and God is in forever eternal, love will always endure because God is eternal and God is love. As we go through these, we won't always have the ability to do certain things. Think about this as we go into these, these three thoughts of, of the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. How many of you, at some point in time in your church growth and your Christian growth, started doing something at some time over here in your life and then found yourself working yourself out and now you're over here in life? Anybody change the job? How about change a job in a church? Anybody got upset when somebody came in and we, somebody moved you from job A to job B and you're like, well, wait, that was my job. Right? It happens. You may not see it. I see it. I get, those, I get the, the contacts. I get the phone calls. We get those in the church office. Well, what happened with this? I was doing this. Well, that's okay. Somebody else can do this and you've moved on. We're going to move you to this position. When we serve God in love, God will always move us. If you are growing in the Lord, God is always and constantly moving you. Right? We should constantly be growing. It's a relationship with God. No relationship should stay stagnant. None. If my relationship with my wife stops, I've got a problem. Right? I would say we have a problem in our country. More than half of the marriages end in 
failure. Because we get bored, we get stagnant, we're selfish. We're not, it's not worth growing in that relationship. Why? When that relationship stops, it stops. In our walk with God, when our relationship stops, we stop. But when, when what I'm speaking of here, it endures. Love endures. When I am serving, if God has me here, my, my focus shouldn't be that I have to do this. This is my job. This is my job. This is my job. My focus is I'm serving God. I'm loving God. And that will never change. This might change. I may be over here. Six years ago, I was standing behind a microphone leading you all in worship. I didn't necessarily like the change. But the day that God called me to lead Oasis as the lead pastor, my job changed. My position where God had me had changed. What we can't do is get stuck in a position that we have because our relationship can't stop. If God has us to move over here, love endures. Love does not end. My world didn't stop. My relationship with him continued to go. So we have to remember, God, love edifies. Love enriches, love edifies, and love endures. It's not just a position. The relationship does not change. The position may. Paul was reminding them, it's not about these things, because these things will soon pass. Some of you are up in age. And the things that you did 30 years ago, you can't do today. But does God not love you? No, love doesn't change. Hopefully your relationship has grown. Maybe you see it through a different lens today than you did 30 years ago. Regardless, love endures. So, I've shared all of those things. The humility several weeks ago. The meekness and the kindness and the gentleness and the the patience and all of those. And then this morning, love. Because those are the heart behind the spiritual gifts. Those have kind of been the encouragement in the sermons that I've done. And then I've hit the last, or I've hit each week, I've hit three different gifts, of which I hope has been an encouragement to you to kind of understand a little bit what they are and how we can use them inside of the body of Christ. And that ultimately the goal is that we would be praying, God, how would you use these in my life to encourage, to edify, to, to do that inside of the body? And so this morning we're going to hit on three. And we'll conclude this whole series, You Are the Church, with these final three gifts. The first is this, it's administration. In 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 28, it says, And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So we're looking here at administration some of you are like it doesn't say administration that the word governments would mean that of administration the easiest way to really put this is is simply this if you have been given the gift of administration you have been given a gift of basically leadership or literally what that means is the ability to steer or pilot the ship to steer the body of Christ toward the God-given goals that God has given to you or to the church the God-given vision, if you will. The administrative person or the, admin- the one with administration would lead through planning, organizing, supervision of others, steering, again, steering the ship, dealing with management, dealing with supervision. Some may say, well, that's not necessarily a spiritual gift. Leadership. There's people that lead that do not have the gift of leadership or administration through the church. You're right. You're very right. Where you go to work, there may be an incredible leader that does not know Jesus Christ. But inside of the body of Christ, God has given that person a gift of administration, or the gift of, of leadership. And what that is, is that God has given them uh, the, 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 the wisdom to make decisions, to mobilize, to motivate, to, to, to direct others toward an objective. And this is what is key inside of this. This person is not the owner of the ship, but the steward of the ship. 
The church belongs to God, but the pastor stewards the church. If we were to go through some of the different uh, things of a pastor, one of them, it says, would rule well. 1 Timothy 5.17, the pastor ruling well. And then if you were to take that further, in Hebrews it says, uh, it says three or four times, but it says in 13.7, to remember them that have the rule over you or have spoken the word of God. In verse 17 of chapter 13, it says to obey them that have the rule over you. In verse 24, it says that we are to salute them that have the rule over you. It's the position of, of leadership, that position of, 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 of administration. And again, I don't say these things as the pastor because I want you to bow to my rulership and authority. However, no, I'm just kidding. That is not at all what it is. But as we look at the administration, as we look at the gifts that God has given to us, when we look at this within the church, God has placed a head of the church. God himself is the head of the church. Then he has placed pastors to lead, to shepherd a flock or a body of the church. And so when we look at all these things, most pastors would have the gift of administration. That does not mean that they are perfect. That does not mean that they always make the wisest decisions. That does not mean that there's a man that can't stand before a church that doesn't have the pastor, the, the gift of administration. But many of them do. And in that, God uses that person to cast vision. God uses that person to, to gather people together. God uses that person to, uh, to motivate. God uses that person to do things that many other people won't do. Have you ever met somebody? That their dreams are much larger than what you think any person's dream should ever be. Yeah. God gives some people just that. God gives those with administration a, a way to dream. This is a person that attempts the impossible. This is a person that loves to work under pressure. This is a person that is usually somebody that's good at motivating. Somebody that's uh, more serious in nature. Somebody that's motivated and, and oftentimes intense. One who is more interested in the welfare of the group over their own desires. This person is often a perfectionist. This person also often wants things done their way yesterday. You know any of those people? <laughs> but at the same time as I've done with each one of these gifts as we've taught... There's a caution because with anybody in that position, obviously, pride is huge. Selfishness comes with success. Pride comes with success. Oftentimes, the people in this position can, though they may not intend to do it, they may look down at others as the, the little people. And that's never the heart of a God-given, administrative, gifted person. Always in humility, always in love, always in gentleness and meekness and kindness and all of those things. Obviously, there's ways to serve outside of the pastor when it comes to that person in administration. This would be somebody that, again, loves to lead. Lead in projects. Somebody that's going to lead uh, different ministries. Maybe it's somebody that would lead the nursery ministry or lead a missions ministry or lead a group in missions or lead whatever it is. But it's, it's usually somebody that has a desire to, to take a group of people to motivate them and lead that group of people. Administration. The second one is this. And this is, some of you are going to love this and some of you may not, but some of you may think this is awesome because now I don't have to do this. Um, but that of giving. That of giving. Like I said, some of you are like, yay, I don't have the gift of giving, so therefore I don't have to give. Well, the great thing with all these gifts is that's not true. <laughs> Just because you don't have that gift doesn't mean that you don't participate in those things. It may not be as natural for you, but it doesn't eliminate the fact that we are all called to be what God has called us to be. The gift of giving, to me, I believe this to be true. And you may or may not believe this, but uh, the gift of giving or giving in general is probably one of the most talked about subjects in the Bible, but yet one of the most misunderstood or ignored teachings 
that Jesus has given. Truly understanding and teaching on the act of giving and why it is that we should give. Now, I am not going to teach for the next 10 minutes on giving in general. But I believe with everything in me that we are all called to give to God. Uh, I would say that's a tithe. If you want to argue that it's not a tithe in the New Testament, then I would love that because God's Word doesn't say a tenth in the New Testament. It says that you would give an abundance. If you really want to argue with me, we'll go to Acts chapter 2 where they sold everything and gave it to the church. So no, it's not about a tenth. It's about giving of ourselves. I've said this many, many, many times. I, I do not have a problem speaking on giving because giving is not about your finances. Giving is about your heart. Giving is strictly about the heart. God doesn't need your money. I don't need your money. Here's, here, if you think this today, I'm just going to tell you it's a lie of the devil and you need to kick him out of your mind somehow. The devil has worked in the hearts of man to believe that the pastor in the church is always about your money. It's never about you giving money to me, the pastor, or to we, the church oasis. It's giving to God what is His. God is first. In the Old Testament, it spoke of a tithe, a 10% that they gave back to the church, or they gave to those. So we're not getting into that, but it is a heart of giving. So... For some, we smile. <laughs> but giving is, it is that that we would give our all to God. And it goes back to our relationship. It goes back to our relationship. Um, it is not about, I've, I've even said this, I'm the worst pastor in all the world, I do believe. Because you'll probably never hear this anywhere. I've, I don't know how many times I've said this. And each time I have, my finance team has said, Pastor, you cannot say that. But I mean it with everything in you, in me, and in you. I mean it. I don't, our church does not need your money. I mean that. Do we? Yes. But is God bigger than your $20 bill? Absolutely. Is God bigger than my bill? Absolutely. So whatever that is, God doesn't want your money. He wants you. God doesn't want your talent. He wants you. And so when we, he has me, that means he has some of that. All right, I need to get off it. So I, I, this was, it all kind of worked perfectly this morning or this week. As I was reading in my devotions in Exodus, and some of you may be going through a, a yearly plan, but in Exodus, at the end, uh, uh, 34, 35, 36, I believe it is, right in that area, Moses is talking about the church and he's saying all of the different things and building of the tabernacle and all of these things and, and they needed all of the, the stones and the, the, the materials that were needed to build this building and all of a sudden the, the people began to just flood in and they began to pour out everything that they had and they began to build or, or bring the acacia wood and they began to bring the, the different stones that were needed and they began to bring all of these things and the ladies were back at the, at the house and they were weaving all of the things that needed to be woven and they were doing all these things and Moses had got back together with Aaron he's like whoa what are we going to do we have we have way too much stuff and Moses goes back to the people and what does he do does anybody know he said stop stop you know what that is that is God getting a hold of the people and doing what God had originally originated is that we would just give of ourselves that was not talking about a tithe that was not Moses asking the people to bring it. They did it because God was in it. So my sermon on giving is over. So when it comes to the gift of giving, that is this. Literally, it means sharing and imparting that which is your own. Sharing and imparting that which is your own. Some of you in this church, I don't have to say anything to you. You desire to give because God has gifted you that way. You could give everything, and it would not bother you. Your wife is like, can you please stop? We have no more stuff to give away. And you're like, but, but that, I, they're just needing something. And you're, you, just, you want, you're always wanting to give somebody something. Because God has wired you that way. Praise God. We need those people. 
God has gifted some people to give. And let me just say this as it pertains to this. The gift of giving has nothing to do with how much you give or how much you make. Some people are like, well, I want to give, but I just, I can't. I don't have this much. No, it's not about how much. It is giving to God because the lady, I believe there was a pretty special lady who gave what? The widow's mite, right? She was pretty cool. It wasn't about how much. It was the heart behind it. And so when we look at this, sometimes we think, well, I I can't do this because I don't have much. It's not about how much. The heart of giving is not an amount. It is that God has gifted some of us to give. Each believer is challenged, and I'd say commanded to give, but some of us, it is natural because of how God has wired us, that we would give of ourselves using my gifts or my time or my treasure spending time at the mission or spending time at the resource center or helping someone around the church or giving someone a meal who needs it or paying for somebody who's in front of you that can't afford the rest of their things in line at Walmart and you don't even stop to bat an eye. You're like, no, you know what? I will cover all that. Don't worry about it. These are people that God has blessed, not necessarily blessed because they have an abundance of finances, but blessed because their desire is to give of themselves and what God has given to them. Helping others. And so as we look at this and we wrap up this thought this morning, some of you have that desire. Obviously, if you are one that has a heart of giving, most of those people are financially in order personally. uh, Just as to who they are. Most of them, not everybody, but many of them are financial business people. I, I believe it. Have you ever met somebody and you're like, how is it that everywhere you go, somehow you just made another $100,000? Have you ever met that guy? No. <laughs> so I was like, I've never met them and they've never said hello to me either. But no, there's people that I know and you just, I, I've, I've, I've thought, you know, it's like somebody, again, it's a gift. It's a spiritual gift that God has given. There's people that you just, you have a convert. You're at the gym, you're at the gym and you're working out. And you're like, oh, hey man, how are you? Did you know Jesus died? And next thing you know, you're praying at the bench and people are getting saved at the gym. You have the gift of evangelism. This guy, he walks around and somebody gave him a dollar and he turns around and it was 500. And you're like, wait, how did that just happen? Some people have that gift. I believe that. Because God has gifted them to give to the church and the work of the ministry. There are those. Some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? But God has gifted certain people to do some of those things. So inside of the church, how can you be a part of that? One, maybe it's the finance team. It's areas of of ministry that deal with finances or deal with giving. How are we utilizing our giving inside of the missions? How are we doing that with the rescue mission, or the refuge for women, or so on and so forth? Whatever that is, there's other areas of that, but obviously, the areas of just giving. That's calling the office. Hey, uh, I would love to do this, but I don't know where. I I have an extra two dollars. Where can that be spent? Whatever that would be, Uh, but using it in that regard. I go back to the same thing. Humility is key. Because oftentimes with this person, it is, look what I have. And here, I just wrote this big check. And if I'll give you this $500,000 if you just put my name on the building. And it gets to that point because pride gets in the way. The last one this morning, we'll get off of money to make some of you, your heart rate go back down, is this, that of service. That of service. We close out with this last one that some of you have it as a spiritual gift of service, but is one that needs to be at the heart of each and every one of us that sit here this morning. That we would desire to serve the Lord wholeheartedly with everything in us, regardless of what that it is. It isn't that we just do anything, because obviously not everyone can do everything. But the heart is in such a manner that our desire is to serve where the church would need. And we're capable of serving. 
So just like all of the other things, there's some of you that have the gift of service. And it really doesn't matter what that is. You just want to serve. You would honestly step into the office and say, Pastor, I want to serve. Where can you use me? And I'm like, uh, right now, honestly, there's a big mess in the parking lot. You're like, all right, great. Where do I need to go? Where's the stuff at? Do I need to run to Home Depot so I can go buy a shovel? Whatever it is. Some of you, that is who you are. It's just, it needs to get done. I want to serve God in whatever capacity that I can serve God. That is some of you. There's others that that's not so much you, however you want to serve. And so when we look at this, it's, it's, it's the term service is really just a general term for ministry. And I want to read this passage of scripture to you. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and this is uh, really an overview of what a deacon is. Because in scripture, service and deacon, when it comes to a position, so to speak, or a title, these two go hand in hand. And it says this, 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse number 8. It says, Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use, use the office of a deacon, being found blameless, Even so, must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. I read that for this purpose because one, I believe everything in me, that kind of ties right into this this last gift, but... My prayer is that we as a church would have a church full of deacons. You might say, well, what does that mean? That our church would be a church full of deacons. That would be people that are found blameless, people that are not slanderers, people that are sober, people that are bold in their faith, who just desire to serve the Lord, thus serving the body of Christ. Yes, it is a gift that is practiced Yes, it is a gift that is very practical, but some have that special gift. My desire is that, yes, some of you, that is who you are. But on the flip side of that, when I look at this gift, I pray that our church would be a church of people that just desire to serve God. It's not about the title It's not about what needs to be done. It's not about any of those things. It's that my heart is in tune with God. And as I love God in relationship to Him, the outpour of that, my gift may be administration. My gift may be that of prophecy. My gift may be that of whatever it would be. But we need help in nursery. Well, sorry, Pastor, I've spent my time in the nursery. No, the heart of service is, is regardless of where it is. Now granted, some of you physically can't do this. I understand that. But you follow my heart. The heart that it should not be a problem to have somebody clean a toilet. It should not be a problem to have somebody uh, fix up the auditorium on a regular basis or whatever it is. And that is the heart behind the guy that you're looking at. Is that our church would be such that we have such a desire to serve God, that we are growing in relationship to God, that of the overflow of our lives, we serve Him, not because it's my gift, and that's the special gift that God has given to me, but it's my heart that I just desire to serve God. And that's wherever that is. And so as we wrap up and we go through all of these different things, I'll say this to you, you that have the gift of service, you are the one that when nobody was around and the door was squeaking, you sprayed a little WD-40 on it and you came back the following week and while everybody walked through the door, you sat back and you're like, yes, can't hear that squeaking. Nobody knew that you did it. You are the one that is anxious to do the things that No one notices. 
You are faithful, you're talented, you are loyal, you are sincere, you are devoted, you're likable, you're usually easygoing. Let me encourage you, let me challenge you. Do not allow the enemy to discourage you to think that you are insignificant. Guard yourselves from walking away feeling you're insignificant. Also, guard yourselves from allowing service to be your walk with God. Did you hear that? Guard yourselves from allowing service to be your walk with God. We need you. We need every person in this room to serve God. We need every one of you to act in some way, shape, or form in a ministry for God. However, if your service becomes your walk with God, you will no longer serve and you will no longer be around in this facility. Because you'll be burnt out. Because it was not about the relationship with God. It was about what I was doing for God. I'll say it again. I'll say it until I'm dead. God does not want your service. God wants you. When He gets you, He'll have the service. Because it's not about the service. It's about your heart in love with Him. I've said it this way. I do not serve you. I serve God. In serving God, I get to serve you. That is the heart that God desires from every one of us this morning. Is that we would just serve. And so yes, this morning we looked at uh, the three gifts that we looked at. Administration and giving and service. But God wants every one of us. And as I conclude the series... The last three weeks, looking at all that we looked at nine different gifts over the last three weeks. My prayer, the prayer of Dan and I as we've met together over each of these hasn't changed. Is that our body of Christ would build upon our relationship with God and in seeking him that he'd show himself in ways that he could use you. How has God gifted you? And what are you doing with it? The vision at Oasis is this. That we would be a family of believers, growing in the Word of God daily, encouraging one another, and living a Christ-centered life so that the power of Christ through you would make an impact in our community. So if the, if the goal is obviously to know Christ and to know Him more intimately, that we would be passionate followers of Christ, the byproduct of that is I'm walking with Him daily. I'm serving Him. And I'm allowing God to live in and through me so that others would see the power of God and that would impact the culture, the community that is around us. I don't make light of this and I don't say this just to cause a stir, but we live in a pretty rough time. Last week, what was it, 17 in Florida. We could sit here and argue all that you want about what regulation needs to take place of a gun. Here's the reality. The reality is this. God loves, we sin. And in our sinfulness, we do wrong. Listen, do you want to change some of these things? Absolutely. Do we know how to? Let me share with you. You go home, allow God's word to permeate your life. Men, go home, be the man that God has called you to be inside of your home. And as you're doing that inside of your home, you're loving on the neighbors that are beside you and around you. And as you're doing that, it's changing your neighborhood. As you're doing that, it's changing your city. As you're doing that, it's changing your state. It's not about a regulation. It's we, the church, being the church, living as the church, doing what God has called us to do. It's not about you, it's about Him. When we get away from the reality that it's about us and it's about Him, things will change. That's in the church. And it won't change if it doesn't change in the church because those outside don't care. They think you're a mental illness. Hello? Watch the news. God speaks to you. That's mental illness in their eyes. We get angry about that. God's word said it a long time ago that that's how they would think about you. We are aliens in this world is what it says. So when we get a hold of God in relationship with Him, 
We change our culture, our community. What is that for me? That is me, my wife, and my four children. And when God gets a hold of that home, guess what? I have the opportunity to make an impact to the neighbors that are beside me and across from me and around me. And guess what? My prayer is that God would use the Flanagan family in our little cul-de-sac. And if God can impact that little cul-de-sac, then he can begin to impact our whole neighborhood. And if he can do that, then guess what? That can go out. And that can go out. Why do I say all this? Because all of what we've been talking about with God using the spiritual gifts that God has given to you is not just for here. It's for everything that you do that the power of God would live in and through you that lives would be touched. That's what this is about. It's not about this guy screaming and acting like a fool. No, that God would get a hold of our hearts. That we would desire that lives would be impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the relationship that you have with him. Two questions. The first is this. Are you in a relationship with him? Are you in a relationship with him this morning? I said it at the very beginning, and I'm not going to prolong this, but I said at the very beginning, God is love. And in that, God sent his only begotten son, and Jesus Christ walked and talked, and because he loved you, he died. That you might have life. God is love. Are you in a relationship with him? The second one is this. Are you walking in relationship with Him within the body that He has called you to be in? Are you walking in that relationship? And that means that I'm walking in relationship to Him and out of the outpour of my life, I'm doing everything that I can to honor Him in service and in action and in attitude here in the church and everywhere else that I go. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.